From Connects Media, this is Atlanta Born and Brand. I'm your host, Jonathan Hilliard. From its inception, this show has been all about introducing you to the founders and creators that make this city special. We have walked you through their journeys from brand new startups to growing businesses to mainstays in the community. This season, we are expanding our focus. We will always be advocates for the little guys. This year, we want to bring you stories from the whole spectrum of Atlanta culture. From one-person startups to thousand-member teams, there are organizations all around the city contributing to its success. And you're going to hear about them right here on Atlanta Born and Brand. The global pandemic has left no organization unaffected, but we believe the signs are emerging for a bounce back of epic proportions. We're sitting down today with Blake Canterbury, co-founder and CEO of Perposity. Perposity is an app using the power of technology to connect those in need with people who want to help others, but aren't quite sure how or where to start. Proposity works with nonprofits and local schools to identify specific needs and facilitate help from those in the community. Blake talks with us today about how Proposity got started and their plans to expand and continue meeting needs, not just in Atlanta, but all around the U.S. Hey everybody, welcome back into the Atlanta Born and Brand Studio. It's been a while since we've been here, uh, but our new season, our first guest in studio this year is Blake Canterbury from Perposity. Welcome, Blake. Thanks so much for for hanging out with us today. Yeah, excited to actually be in person too. Yes, yes. It's been an awful lot of Zoom interviews over the last <laughs> eighteen months, so it's good to have somebody by my side to talk. You know, to talk a little uh, business and and Blake. I would love, you know, the first question I love to ask people, um, you know, typically is if you bump into somebody on the street and they ask you, you know, you're getting getting to know them and they say, Blake, what do you do? What's what's your answer to them? Uh, so I typically say uh, I run a nonprofit tech startup. Hmm. Uh, and that just leads to a million questions because that is a, a <laughs> nobody does that, right? right. So yeah, people they're are conflicting words in that sentence, right? They, they yeah. totally are because yes. everybody's intrigued by a tech startup. When you uh-huh. throw nonprofit, they're like, "Wait, how does that work? What what yeah. is that?" And it's like, "Well, we use technology to help people." And yeah. then it's like, "Okay, that's kind of intriguing." And uh, yeah, then it just kind of rolls from there. Well, so if they ask the same question about perposity, they say, okay, well, what is perposity? What, what's the answer there? Yeah. A lot of times I, I just say it's the easiest way to help your neighbor. Hmm. Um, so basically we have an app you download, uh, you can scroll through and see the real time needs of people around you. Hmm. Like a kid needs a pair of shoes. A family needs dinner tonight. You buy it. It's on their doorstep in 24 hours hmm. and you get a notification in real time, letting you know the pair of shoes or the dinner you purchased was delivered. Delivered. Um, and it kind of brings transparency to both sides of it. Um, and really, like, the key was, like, as we think about, like, our world, our generation, um, we just felt like most people in the world want to do good. Most people just don't know where to start. Sure. And as we drill down on that, like, generosity for the most part, most people feel like it's reduced to either you text $10 to a disaster or maybe you volunteer somewhere you may or may not care about, which hasn't been an option for the past year and a half. Right. Right. And we just thought, why are we doing generosity the same way our great, great grandparents did it? <laughs> like, let's leverage technology to actually make it fun yeah. and cool and bring it into, you know, what our generation could actually use. 
Sure. And and one of our missions here with Atlanta Born and Brand is let's use technology, the internet, social media, all of those things that sort of inherently connect us digitally to introduce people to interactions that they can have with people in their community in person. And you guys are doing that in a big way to say, all right, let's take this this medium that is an inherently disconnected from people face to face and use it to have like real, you know, face to face type of impact in people's lives, which is cool. Yeah. And, and that's it. A lot of times technology gets a bad rap and a lot of times rightfully so. Right. Sure, and it's, sure. it's just like love hate, I think, with technology, because we all know the power that it harnesses and we all know the negative side of it. Right. And so from kind of from a fundamental standpoint, it was how do we build redemptive technology? Hmm. Like, how do we actually enhance relationships, foster meaningful connections and community versus divide each other? Hmm. Um, and we just felt like well, the world needs it right now yeah. more than ever, maybe. Yeah, without a doubt. That's good, Blake. And talk to me about uh, the idea stage of this. How did this even, how was this birth? Where were you sort of in your life when this thing started coming to a head? Yeah, so I'll give you, because we have a little bit of time, so, yeah. so the longer kind of backstory Love here. It. Love the long story. Um, yes. So my journey kind of in this space in general started when the earthquake hit in Haiti back in 2009. Mm. So I got called by a disaster relief organization um, to run social media inside the earthquake. And mm. um, we launched a campaign, connected United Nations, Doctors Without Borders, Samaritan's Purse, um, aided about 100,000 people in two weeks down there. And that was just kind of a pivotal moment in my life. And since then, kind of the last 10 years have been dedicated to leveraging tech for good in some mm. capacity. Um, but where Purposity came into play, um, I kind of spent like five years speaking and consulting, doing social movements. Mm. And then I went on with a creative agency in Atlanta, you know, working on mobile apps and TV ads. Um, and then one day, a homeless liaison at a school district, and I didn't even know what a homeless liaison was at the time. Yeah. She sent me an email and said, Blake, kids are walking into classrooms with holes in their shoes and they're going home hungry. Like, can technology help with this? And so I called some friends. We moonlighted on nights and weekends and built just a basic technology, gave it to the school district and walked away. Hmm. And three months later, they called and said, you fundamentally solved this issue for us. Hmm. Every school district in the country is facing this. Hmm. Almost every nonprofit's facing this at some level. Wow. And we didn't think we solved it, but we knew we found a felt need in the world. Mm. And where the light bulbs really went off for us was once we started conducting just massive user research. And it was kind of what we just referenced. Everybody we interviewed, it didn't matter age, race, religion, who they were. Everybody had something innate that wanted to help other mm. people. And uh, once we realized that people said, I want to do good, but my best options are texting $10 and not knowing who I'm helping. Right. And we're seeing the long-term effects of even Haiti 10 years later, $600 million went there and people are saying, it's not any better. Did my <laughs> money actually help? Like what, mm. what did we actually do? Um, and we just really thought, okay, let's lever te leverage technology to build a lifestyle brand. And so fundamentally we thought it should be easy uh, it should be fun and it should be more transparent. Hmm. And if we could bring those elements into this, then we can marry tech that would be location based, um, like an Uber or Lyft. We could add fun social components, whatever's cool at the time, whether it's TikTok or Instagram. Um, and then finally, let's build a lifestyle brand that people actually want to wear the T-shirts of. They actually want to be yeah. associated with. <clears throat> and if we did that, we might could build generosity for our generation. Hmm. Uh, 
Yeah, and I love that you, uh, you know, on the on the clothing, on the t-shirts, one of the, my favorite t-shirts that I own now is one of you guys' shirts. That's just a solid black shirt with a small logo right here that says Live on Purpose, right? Yeah. And so, you know, sometimes millennials get a bad rap for, you know, uh, we are a very purpose-driven, you know, a purpose-driven generation, and that can lead to sort of bouncing around from thing to thing. But it seems like what you've done, you know, I'm I'm assuming we're of, of similar age. Don't know that to be a fact, but uh, what you've done is sort of taken that drive into folks and said, "All right, here's like here's an outlet for this in a in a really constructive way." Yeah, it, totally. And uh, lo- thanks for uh, having yeah, the shirt. Absolutely, it, it's literally part of my uniform. This is probably the only day of the week I'm not wearing it this week. Uh, but yeah, I mean that was that was kind of the mantra and, and thinking even. Even our name is kind of purposeful, if you will, right? So we married purpose and generosity and called it purposity. And part of this was, how do you get people into generosity, right? And part of our our thinking was, we're not here to build a platform for the people who already give. Sure. How do we attract people who just don't care about philanthropy? Uh, it feels like stereotypes and cultural elites and... Um, you know, it's like, how do we, if we can figure out a way to engage millions of people who don't give, the people who do give would probably follow. Mm-hmm. Um, but our thought was every human at some point in their life asked the question, what is my purpose? Um, and then generosity for most people is, is typically put off till later in life, right? You, you get, you know, your job, you establish yourself and then you have some income at the end of life or like, as you're coming into age and you're thinking, okay, now what do I do with it? <laughs> And our thing, our thought is, wow, like purpose to me, and I could, I could go down a whole rabbit trail on purpose alone. Um, but to me, I believe it's the ultimate precursor to life, to happiness, um, to understanding where you are. And part of it is like, you know, we do personality tests, we do strengths finders and all these things are good. Yeah. But if you don't know what your purpose is and how to leverage it, then all these things are good things, but if you can have a purpose and then you leverage them on top of it, then the rest of your life is going to be meaningful. And you're yeah. not going to have a season of life. You're like, man, you know what? I, I wish I could have redone my 20s here. Or, <laughs> man, what advice would you give me? You could have done it kind of all along. Yeah. And generosity, we believe, is the foundation. Like We believe purpose is actually rooted in generosity. Hmm. Um, that most of us are trying to buy our way to happiness. And when you actually begin to give your life away, when you actually begin to do things for other people, you actually find it. And culture and media and all sell us the buy your way to happiness. And I tell you, there's books and, you know, go beyond me, but there are people literally on their deathbed and the stories they tell of their happiest moments in life. A hundred percent of the time are things that they did for other people or things that somebody selflessly did for them. And it was never the car they bought or the clothes they bought. Um, other than sure. that live on purpose t-shirt. That's that was, right. That That's really right. Cool. That was the best 25 <laughs> bucks, you know, that you could spend right there. But no, it, it's a great way to filter, you know, life decisions, you know, through th- uh, this purpose that you come up with. We, we released something at the beginning of 2020 on social media that was just a simple question of how can you make your city better in 2020? You know, and if that's your purpose for the year, and if you have that, you know, something, a a purpose that is longer than just a year, you know, maybe it's for a lifetime. All of a sudden, these small decisions that you make can get filtered through that. And it's sort of an eye-opening experience for you because you're like, all right, that decision that I made to go and lease that car that maybe I couldn't quite afford, like, okay, let's take that extra 200 bucks a month and put it towards something that is going to be filtered through, uh, you know, this purpose that we've set up in a positive way. 
Yeah. yeah. And look, I love that question. Like, how could I do good for my city? Hmm. Um, a whole vision of what would a city look like if people just simply help their neighbor. Sure. Right. Like, I mean, we all get over, you turn on the news, you get overwhelmed. You're like, uh, I get it here an inspirational TED talk and you're like, Oh, let's go change the world. And, uh, you look around you and you see, you know, 10 homeless folks and you see, you know, the children's hospital needing this. And you're like, wow, I'll get overwhelmed. And when you get overwhelmed, you do nothing and doing nothing gets us right. nowhere. Right. Yeah. And so how do you have a series of simple action steps, um, you know, that can lead us towards a city getting better? Yeah. It seems like the idea was, was solid. You felt good about the concept going from idea to execution is always the hardest part, right? So tell me about the early days. How did you start to take this concept, this idea, this purpose and turn it into, uh, you know, an organization, a nonprofit, a, you know, a technology platform that you felt like could be successful? Yeah. So our thinking was, let's get better before we get bigger. And that is not the tech world's typical approach. (laughs) It is how fast and how big can you go and how do you get the biggest evaluation? How many people can we ask for money? Uh, Yeah, Yeah, that's right. And so we started literally with one school district uh, and we're like, let's run this for a year and learn everything we can. Uh, And by the end of the year, we were running five school districts. Um, By the end of year two, we were running about 30 40 school districts and nonprofits. We started peppering technology, uh, nonprofits in there, but then word of mouth just started happening. Um, and I think we crossed, you know, 25, 30, 40,000 users. Um, and we were still in like a private beta at this Mm -hmm. time, like still learning what we could. So November, 2018, um, one of the interesting things is like, we just constantly listen to users. Um, and we were set up in primarily Atlanta, Chattanooga and Denver, Colorado to test different markets. What can we learn? What does it look like? And each of those cities had different reasons that we chose them. Um, And what happened was if you signed up for Proposity and we weren't in your city, we put you on a holding list and we said, hey, we'll let you know when we come to your city. Well, we received about 500 emails from users saying, hey, look, if a kid needs a pair of shoes, I don't care if they're in Chattanooga or Idaho, let me in. And that was just a moment for us of saying, okay, location is a beautiful proximity. But what we really found was Proposity was a community of people proving humanity is good. Hmm. And people didn't care that technology brought a sense of community that was broader. It was more of like identifying with this community of doing good than it was even just your physical. And we were dedicated to saying, hey, we're going to come to your physical location, but let's start building this community. So November of 2018, we released our first public mobile app. Um, And at that point, it would pull your location and you could see needs nearby you. And if we weren't nearby, you just see ones random from around the country. Um, And it turned out that that was a lot of fun. Um, So the scaling side of it was really that. And then um, we, we just allow school districts and nonprofits wherever they are to sign up and then they start promoting. And so we can either look at, so, so Las Vegas, New York, and California actually have three of our largest user bases and we don't even have needs there yet. Wow. So we now are coming behind California and New York and saying, Hey, look, we've got thousands of people that want to meet your needs. Hmm. Uh, do you guys want to sign up for free? And that's an easy sure. conversation. So we can go either way, uh, as far as this goes. 
Um, but kind of three years out, um, we now have live needs in 27 states. Um, we're rolling out national partnerships with Make-A-Wish Foundation, Boys and Girls Club of America to try to get coverage into all 50. Yeah. Um, and now we're just kind of running. And we, sorry, I, I missed one kind of major point was we were getting better before we get bigger. And then COVID hit, mm. right? And the, yeah. the, the magical pivot. And there was a lot for us inside of COVID to learn from. But our board called a meeting and they said, look, you had been saying, you've been telling us that this was the future of generosity. And overnight, people can't volunteer physically anymore. Yeah. Everybody in the world is now stuck in their home. And if there's ever time you're Staring saying, how do phone. I help my neighbor? Yeah. This is the only means possible. And they said, you had it. And we, un we, the only issue is we aren't funded enough to scale up and serve every need in the country right now. Um, so that was a moment where we said, okay, it's time. It, we're not going to be perfect, but it's time to start growing and scaling. Yeah. Um, and so that was, that was a big learning, I think, for us in that. Um, so we said yes to um, the Today Show for the <laughs> first time. So we'd done no marketing to this point. Um, and we said yes to the Today Show. I think we saw 40,000 signups from a two minute clip in you know, an hour. And so we looked at yeah. this and said, wow, if we only do a, pre a PR tour, like I think we could populate this thing. Hmm. Um, so that was a big kind of moment for us. And, and in the past year and a half, I've had about 100,000 people sign up um, <laughs> and we're now kind of heading up into the right, if you will. Yeah, no, and I mean, the board was right, you know, like when, what, what is a better microcosm of sort of the future of, of generosity and people making an impact, you know, right from their phone than a situation where you're, you're locked in your house and, you know, like you said, you can't volunteer and the only option you have is is the phone. So, I mean, I'm sure, are you thinking as, as COVID is sort of ramping up, like, you know, you hear people talk about, like uh, if they're going on Shark Tank, you have to have your your website ready, and you've got to have like the infrastructure ready for that that bump. Are you starting to almost panic in a way, thinking, okay, like we have the answer to so many questions that are being asked right now. How do we, you know, sort of uh, turbocharge this? Yeah, a hundred percent. And and I'm a I'm a dreamer. I'm like kind of the ultimate hmm. visionary. And so I've got a roadmap of where we want to take this thing. Yeah. So I'm looking at it saying, well, everybody's saying, wow, this is an incredible tool. And I'm thinking, well, X, Y, and Z is not even in here yet. You're mm -hmm. not even seeing where this thing's actually going to go. But yeah, there's a million questions. And, uh, and I think in the tech world, not the nonprofit world, the nonprofit world has to have everything buttoned up. Mm -hmm. So we had to do a lot of legwork on the nonprofit side of like, how do we, you know, philosophically make sure that we're not enabling uh, somebody in a bad situation to make sure we're moving them from poverty to sustainability. Hmm. How do we make sure, uh, you know, you're tra we're transparent and show you the end result of who you help. Sure. So we had all of these big questions and then the philosophical questions of, um, can we, do we have friends on the platform? Um, and what does that look like to have friends? And then is it, you know, philosophically good to be able to see your giving stats or not. And like, hmm. so all of these deep questions that we were wrestling in it with and have been wrestling with, and now we, we feel like we're ready to go on the other side. So yeah, long answer to say we had a million questions beyond just, Hey, is our tech ready for this sure. moment? 
Um, and we don't, we don't know how many signups we would have gotten from today's show. Our site did crash. Um, <laughs> and, and so we, we weren't fully ready for it. And that was, you know, it was, it was good and bad at the same, you're like, sure. oh, so many people hit it. We crashed but at the same time. You're like, we don't know how many people, uh, sure. missed out. Um, so big lessons building more. Um, but now we feel really good about where we are That's and great. excited about to, um, head down a pathway of even more features and, and make this hmm. thing more engaging. Blake, talk to me about the city of Atlanta. And, you know, so many people start business, you know, just for the reason of proximity. It's where they are. Okay, I'll start it right here. Um, what has it been like for you to, to grow this thing in this city? And how has the, the reception from the community here in Atlanta, what's that reception for you guys been? Yeah, you know, it's, it's cool. Um, and I think we kind of get, we're handed where to start when the social, you know, the homeless liaison sent us the email. But at the same time as our backyard, Atlanta, a couple major pieces happened. One, Georgia Power jumped in as a corporate sponsor and said, mm -hmm. hey, look, we want to fund your scalability across the state. Mm -hmm. So now almost every school district in the state is on board. we got a handful that aren't yet. Um, and then in Atlanta, in the metro Atlanta area, um, we've got almost one of every type of nonprofit that exists from foster care to sex trafficking to homelessness to children's health care of Atlanta. Um, literally any type of cause now in Atlanta is on the platform. So whatever you care about, you can find it and you can engage and help your neighbor, um, which is really fun. And so Atlanta's kind of leading the way on that side. But at the same time, um, I, we've done no marketing. So honestly, I'm kind of excited about this podcast because I don't think a lot of folks in Atlanta even know we exist hmm. yet. Um, and so we've got one side where how do we create a movement of people? And I think Atlanta's the place to prove this, to say, wow, if there's anywhere that says, hey, look, we're willing to help our neighbor if we knew they were in need. I can't imagine Atlanta isn't the place to prove that. <laughs> so as I look at, you know, six million people in metro Atlanta, it, we probably have, you know, 40,000 people signed up in the city of Atlanta. So I'm like, how do we cross that first million mark, yeah. first 500,000 mark? And so I'm expecting from this podcast us to break the first 100,000. Hey, right? there you um, go. There you go. No, but it, seriously, it's, it's how do we just enable people to say this exists? Would you help your neighbor sign up and, and tell a neighbor? Hmm. And if we could do that, there's no ask. There's no guilt with the way we built this. It's just simply, yeah. man, if you find something meaningful, would you spend 15 bucks and, you know, buy this kid a pair of underwear yeah. that needs it? It's super low hanging. Um, yeah. So we're proud. We want we want Atlanta to, to lead the way forever. And it is right now. And uh, I hope we can go deeper. Absolutely, man. Well, and, you know, you talked about you've you've got needs in 27 states now working towards 50. You know, that's obviously a, a big goal and, and will be a huge celebration point when you get there. But. What else, you know, you, you talked about as a visionary, knowing in the back of your head where you want to go as a as an organization and having those ideas and those steps that, um, you know, other people can't see yet and the excitement that just sort of festers because of that. What is coming up for you? What do you see, you know, five years down the road as really the direction you, you think this can go? Yeah, so two parts to that, and one is the tech and then one's like the big vision. Um, so the big vision side is 
we believe the, the concept of neighbor scales, mm-hmm. right? So we index uh, the whole U.S., and then we start taking it to other countries. And it's, it, does the U.S. become Haiti's neighbor, right? And mm-hmm. how do we begin helping Haiti? Um, you know, it, we, and it's, it's fascinating. I serve on the board of a global uh, nonprofit working with the poorest of poor all around the globe. And um, it, just the CEO of it just said, hey, look, I was in Africa. And he was saying, hey, why does money have to come to Amer- from America? Folks here in Africa don't have much, but they still want to help each other. Yeah. And so it was just fun to hear somebody authentically on the ground in the middle of Rwanda to say, hey, look, people still want to help their neighbor here. So we're excited. The vision, massive vision is people helping their neighbor around the globe. Um, and kind of the way we'll get there from a tech standpoint is we are looking at generosity. So deep into the term of purpose and generosity. But right now we're facilitating kind of the one-to-one transactions in a way that's never been done before. But as we look at it, we look at what is generosity? What is whole life generosity? Well, it's much more than just, you know, buying a $30 item for somebody in need. Um, We see uh, things from mental health of generosity journals fitting into here um, and massive days of action where, you know, millions of us go do this one act of generosity in a day. Um, we see financial giving playing into this. So crowdfunding, but that's been vetted and trusted. So you never get scammed. Um, then we see volunteer. We've got some really cool ways that we're, we plan to track vet and validate that you volunteered somewhere and see volunteerism add up. So some, any, the whole pursuit will be, how do we lead people towards the next selfless act? Um, and so I think if we can do that and people would be willing to say, Hey, you know what? Like, it's not about the amount of money I give or the time I give, but if I can start living under a mindset of what's the next selfless act that I can take, um, we're hopeful that people would sign up for that. The concept of neighbor scales. That's good, man. That's really good. Listen, listen to that, that one audience right there. The concept of neighbor scales. I I love that so much, man, because that's so important. Like from a, you know, I know we've all heard at this point that when you get like a a like on Facebook, you get, you know, a shot of dopamine and you know, it's a, it's a feeling that, you know, literally leads to an addiction of, of some kind generosity towards someone who is your neighbor, whether that's your next door neighbor or somebody who lives down the street or across your city, like you get the, the that's a, uh, I don't know the science, but that's a powerful feeling as the person who can meet that need. And to think about that, you know, as, okay, not only are you, you know, a neighbor to the person who lives on your street, but your community is the neighbor to, you know, the next community down the road and scaling that up to literally where you're thinking about, you know, neighbor countries and neighbor continents. That's a, a pretty powerful thing. So, um, props for that. Yeah. That just that phrase, I'm, I'm going to steal that by the way, just so you know, <laughs> go for it. Uh, neighbor, neighbor scales. No, that's great. All right, Blake, it obviously hasn't been all sunshine and, and roses. You know, we talked about the challenges that COVID presented. Um, what has been the hardest part about this journey for you? What, you know, maybe not keeps you up at night, but what's the challenge that you sort of face on a, a consistent basis that, you know, just seemingly won't go away from time to time? 
Yeah, and it's it's definitely not. It's amazing. You you talk about the highlights, you know, here and there and along the way. I mean, there's there's tough things. You think every employee is going to be with you forever, and you know, mm. some of them choose to to go on, and and you understand, and we celebrate them and and help everybody on the way. Um, sure. We had a really tough one for me personally. We had uh, one of our board members um, died. Mm. Um, and that was a really hard one. And he personally meant a lot to me. He like, um, spent weekends working on this and literally called in from the hospital to calls Hmm. and it just, just showed like the level of selflessness that he had personally. And so just all levels of difficulty. Um, but probably the, the question I think that you actually asked was uh, the difficult thing I think we're going to have and we do have is Technology is typically built, whether people realize this or not, it's typically built on one of the seven deadly sins, right? <laughs> and so you can kind of imagine what Instagram might be built on, you know, I'm not saying it's on vanity or whatnot, um, but like they build them down to like even uh, like when you open Instagram or Facebook, your light count is delayed by three seconds to mimic a slot machine. You hmm. pull it one, two, three. So that when you open the app, they could have the five likes that you just got up there, but they delay it on purpose. So it's all these addictive things that they build it in. And generosity is the opposite. Hmm. It's pure selflessness. And so I think the big question is, while everybody has something innate that wants to help other people, what's it going to take to truly populate a platform of the people that are signing up to do that? And can you fight, you know, putting purposity on the back page of your apps and can you put it on the front page alongside of Facebook and TikTok and Instagram and will you open that versus hmm. this? So I think honestly that's going to be our big one. I think the idea of, of purposity, nobody says it's a bad idea. I think people genuinely like it. Can we get you actually to open it and take the next selfless act? And sure. so that's kind of the question that, that I wrestle with a lot. Yeah, no, it's... It's deep and it, and it can take you down a dark path when you think about it in a certain in a certain way and say, oh man, like how many times do people click Facebook or Instagram versus purposity, I'm sure. But look, to, and I'm guilty of it. Well, I'm building sure, it and sure, I, sure, I go there too. It's but, hard. But as as a way of encouragement, I think, you know, when even on those platforms like Instagram and Facebook, sometimes the most viral content is the stuff that is outside of the norm on those platforms that does show the selflessness and the generosity and people taking the time to sort of turn their focus away from, you know, our, our typical inward, um, you know, bent and kind of put that, put that outward. So as, as a way of encouragement, if propositity didn't exist and nobody ever clicked it, even if they click it, you know, one tenth as much as they do these other things, it's still, still a pretty significant impact, right? So keep fighting the good fight. You no, know, thank <laughs> you. That's, that's way of encouragement good. there. Yes, but uh, all right, my friend, we talked about what the, what the future holds. Um, the last thing for you, um, where you are right now, and we're recording this in September of 2021, um, talk about the journey a little bit and where you are now as opposed to sort of where you thought this may lead. Are you surprised by anything? Are you... Um, what are you encouraged by for, you know, the first several years of, of building this organization? Yeah, good question. Um, I think I, I, I'd say somewhat proud of the team 
um, proud of where we've come because getting people on a generosity platform is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say we're proud of the people that we've helped. You know, I think we've just crossed over 60,000 people now have been helped. Um, and so as we look at that, if, if we had to close up shop tomorrow, I'd say, <laughs> you know what? We did every yeah. second put into it was worth it. Um, but you always, you want to do more, you know, I'm, I'm ready to cross the 10 million user mark tomorrow. And so, you know, every day you wake up and it's like, okay, how do we inspire people to live generously tomorrow? How do we inspire people to live on purpose tomorrow? And so it feels like there's a massive weight of getting through the noise and getting, you know, that message to people and truly inspiring them. And you do feel like, wow, you know, the we didn't inspire people today or, you know, we helped less people this week than we did last week. And do you celebrate that or you get met, you know, like Hmm. some of those things are kind of hard, but I think, you know, 27 States helping people every day, um, it gets you out of bed. It's, it's a life giving. And I think the big motivation is I truly want everybody to be able to experience the joys of living generously and knowing purpose Um, and from the core of me, I want them to understand that because it's a better way to live. And I think it combats mental health that we're facing rampantly in the world. And I I think the mental health is partly mental, right? There's real physical issues. There's real ailments that lead to that. But a lot of it is, are you mentally staying healthy? And the best medicine for that is truly helping somebody else. Hmm. Um, and so there's a, there's a motivation every day to grow faster and get further and get that message to people. That's great, man. Lastly, just tell, tell people how they can get involved, where to find you platforms there, anything you want to share with us. Yeah. So the hardest part spelling it perposity.com. So P U R P O S I T Y. If you get close, you'll probably find it. Um, (laughs) but download us on the app store, find us on the website and look social media, you know, we don't have a massive following, but if you, if you join, like we're, man, we're, we're friendly. We'll hang out. Let's talk and, uh, let's figure out how to inspire people to live generously. Awesome. My friend, thanks so much for joining us and, and don't be a stranger. Let's catch up soon. I would love to. Thanks, man. Download Perposity on the app store or Google play and start living on purpose today. Atlanta Born and Brand is a production of Connects Media. Make sure and follow the show on social media at ATL Born on Instagram and like our Atlanta Born and Brand Facebook page. This season, we have launched a brand new video series to coincide with our ATL Bounce Back theme. Subscribe to the Atlanta Born and Brand YouTube channel for that content and more. Lastly, if you love the show, please spread the word. Share it with your friends and leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Your support helps make sure that more and more people hear the stories of all those folks doing great things all over the city. For Atlanta Born and Brand and Connects Media, I'm Jonathan Hilliard. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all soon.